Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, esteemed listeners of Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal We welcome our honorable Mufti Sab, Mufti Hassan Ali Suleiman Sab. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum as How do we come today? Alhamdulillah. And your side, Mufti Sahib? Alhamdulillah. 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 How's the atmosphere in Pakistan? Uh, well, some people wise things are beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, if things are normal here. Uh, mm. There's not too much talk of Gaza or anything like that. So, mm. you know, it's, you know, people are gossip. Mm. Right. Mufti Sap, your latest analysis of what's happening? Um, well, um, nothing really has changed, uh, really. Uh, our concentration, um, our, con- our concentration of the masses, um, I'm hopeful that it will rise um, because of the the uh, news I'm getting uh, from all over the world from the non-Muslims. Mm. Uh, Non-Muslims seem to be very impressed with Islam, um, which normally happens when there's a uh, a crisis uh, like this, uh, like the 9/11 thing and uh, and other things like this. Um, and people are interested in the Quran now, non-Muslims, and uh, and con- confused and, and and admiring the fact that uh, a, a person can be living in a in a city that is being bombed and lose his entire family and still be happy and still be connected to the Creator. Uh, so the our um, the people who are suffering, our brothers and sisters who are suffering in Gaza. Uh, uh, leading the, the, the charge of Dawah, okay? And I, I think it's up to us who are free from Gaza, um, and we can't rely on our governments, uh, our Muslim governments, to do a, a real uh, physical jihad uh, with the swords, but um, it's an opportunity for us to do tablet, uh I think, real, real tablet. Uh, and in order to do public, you have to get your life, uh, our lives. You have to get our lives, uh, you know, uh, uh, straight and proper. Muftisab, hmm. I've seen. Um, normally, you have to be aware on which news articles you what you are reading, and many people are just uh, thrown over. I would say by what the West is saying. And they are just, um, and I'm speaking about Muslims too, sometimes a Muslim will say that why did this happen? Why could they not just uh, re- not just start this in the first place? And there wouldn't be all this, what they call war. But this has been going on for so many years before that, even before Hamas started. So what message do we give to these people? And how can people sift out the facts from the fiction? Um, by, by, well, Muslims anyway, uh, by looking back to Allah subhanahu wa as the creator and, and the mover and shaker of everything, okay? 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is allowing this to happen uh, to um, the people in Gaza and to the Ummah, really, uh, because that we have turned our back on him. Mm. Okay? We have, we've pretty much left Islam. Uh, most estimates are 90% of us don't pray. Uh, how many of us uh, keep beards of the men? How many of our women do Purda? Okay? And so when these things happen, Allah brings azab, okay, on the Muslims, because we have brought azab on Islam, okay, Allah's Sharia. Uh, so Allah brings a small azab on us for what reason? So that we turn back to Him. Mm. Simple. So I found that um, one of the websites that we can take, uh, it's, for now it seems that it's, they're promoting what's the truth. As far as if you consider the other websites, they are pushing their agenda. But Al Jazeera seems to be fair on this whole thing. And um, they, previously I wouldn't just take everything Al Jazeera says. But I'm seeing more support for Gaza than the other websites. Could there be any other agenda in this, Muftisa? For Al Jazeera? Yes. Um, oh, not sure. Uh, well, yeah, there could be an agenda. Uh, Allah knows best. Um, like I said, the the, the yesterday, the uh, Starbucks. And, uh, and uh, like McDonald's and, and these big uh, uh, restaurants and, and businesses that were boycotting. Um, there, there's one reality inside of America and in, and in uh, England, and there's another reality outside. Um, Starbucks doesn't want to lose its Arab and, and, and Muslim customers. Uh, so... Um, they, they, they'll have these discounts and, and they try to put down the fact of uh, their, their support of Israel. They try to keep it low um, because they're afraid to lose customers. Um, now, I, I don't know the sincerity of, of Al Jazeera, uh, but obviously it, it cannot be um, uh, ruled out that they could be giving the good side or the honest side, the true side, or the, the Muslim side of the of the story, so that they gain, um, so that they gain customers. Okay, um, Al Jazeera has always been there. Okay, um, and people, you know, had you know lukewarm feelings about it, but now that they're giving so many positive stories in the Muslim side, uh, like you, like you said, like you said. You know, you you seem you seem to think that uh, it looks good. Uh, so, how many other people are, are saying, "Well, well these, these guys are fair"? And after this thing is over, I'll continue to look at Al Jazeera. So that it can't be ruled out. Mm. It can't be ruled out. Muftisab, also you you've been stressing this too that we should change ourselves too. So, on the one end, we want to boycott, that's all good, and weaken the enemy. But then there seems to be some contradiction within ourselves too, that I will do this, but I won't do that. I will do this, 
the Western way, but I won't do this, the Sunnah way. So this war, actually, there's two wars that, that, that's been fought. One is our Mujahideen who are doing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala assist them and grant them, grant this Ummah the victory because this is the, they are defending, they're serving as a barrier for these for these criminals, these terrorists. So that's the physical war that's taking place. The other war is Al-Ghazul Fikri, that is the war of the psychological war. And that refers to anyone all over the world. And that's the whole attempt is to rob you of your beliefs, rob you of, to weaken you to such an extent. And this is what we are finding, that our Muslimin, because of what they're seeing, and of course it's going to have that effect on you, that you just feel so crippled, you can't move, you don't know where to turn to, it's not driving you to do any good actions. So that, this psychological war too, are they actually winning it? And what's happening where you, what you are witnessing moves this up? Because what I see, what I'm witnessing amongst our people is that there's this tendency of hopelessness and this um, loss of trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, what can we do about this? Um, well, remember the hadith, uh, although it's the uh, the hadith its chain is weak. Uh, the the meaning of it is correct and accepted by the ulama. That when the when the sahaba, the prophet sallallahu and the sahaba were returning from Gazwa, um, and they entered into the city uh, back in Medina, uh, the prophet sallallahu said, "Now you're facing the bigger jihad. Uh, you just left the smaller jihad for the bigger jihad." Okay, the smaller jihad is the one with the sword. Uh, the, the bigger jihad is, is the one of your nafs. Okay, so um, this is what we're facing. But uh, again, um, we forget that not a leaf falls from the tree except that Allah has written it down. And there's a reason for Azab. Uh, Allah, doesn't want, Allah doesn't punish us just to punish us. Okay, um, as as a ummah, we have been um, um, disregarding uh, the Sharia as an ummah. So, as an ummah, we need a, a prescription. Okay, so the prescription that Allah has given us is the um, is is this azab for what? So that we turn back to Him. Whenever there was a problem, what's the first thing the Prophet Sallallahu did? He'd go to the masjid and he'd pray. Okay? Make dua. He would pray. So, um, this is, this is, um, this is what we have to do. Uh, but we're not doing. All right? Um, the Prophet Sallallahu we, we should be thinking more about ourselves. Before Gaza, before Gaza started, and now that Gaza has started, now we still have to do it, and it, it's more pressing now. Okay, look at our namaz. All right, the, the Prophet saw saying, "Who's the biggest thief? The one who doesn't do the raku and the sunnah properly. How huh? he doesn't complete it." Okay, 
He's the biggest thief of Namaz. Um, when the Prophet wanted to, when needed something, whether it was victory in, in a jihad or some anything it was, what did he do? He did a perfect Namaz. Um, in Surah Luqman, that in most places, uh, Allah doesn't say uh, pray the Salat, to establish the Salat, stand up for the Salat. Meaning what? That means everything related to namaz, you should perfect. All right? Perfect your astinja. And then perfect your wuzu. All right? And then look at your clothing. Are you dressed properly? Look at your concentration in the namaz. Your bowing, your, your, your sajda, okay? Your reading of the Quran, your tilawat in the namaz. Is it 100 miles an hour? Is your concentration there? Are you standing in front of Allah like the Prophet Sallallahu stood in front of Allah? When when we get to that level, all right, then you'll see so much change every place else. Hmm. There's a hadith, the meaning, the close meaning is when your namaz is uh, like perfect or if your namaz is okay, then your whole deen will be okay. Hmm. Okay. Uh, and are, are we like that? Okay? Are we like, we're, we're, no, we're not. Uh, um, so here's, here's the thing. We have to go back to the dean and 100%. Do you believe in, in part of the book and disbelieve in, in another part? Surah Baqarah, the ayah. No, we have 100%. Okay? Uh, into Islam wholeheartedly, huh? Hmm. You, you don't, like, you know, by the pool, put your, dip your, toe in the world to see whether it's cold. No, you jump in the pool. You jump in Islam. Mm. No half-stepping. It just makes me think of uh, in Madrasa, this one student, he wore his jacket, but he didn't put this, he didn't put his arms in the sleeves of the jacket. He just put it like, okay. like a, mm-hmm. you know, like a shawl or something of that sort. Right, right, right. So mm-hmm. the, the teacher said, the like ustad cape, said, like a cape. Yeah. So the Ustad said, either you put the jacket full on or you don't wear it. One of the two. So this, what we are saying is, what Muftis up, you have stressed upon, is put this yep. jacket of Islam full on. And then well, you... We're, we're taught, this is, this is the meaning of Zulam. Hmm. To do something out of place. Alright? To, to wear your hat, that points forward, and you wear the hat backwards. To, to put on and these are mentioned it's mentioned in um, in the books of Fiqh, uh that putting um, your jacket on uh, without putting your arms in the sleeve is zulum. This is an example of zulum. Our, our women uh, who, who like to walk into the uh, you know, out in the street, uh, they get out the car and they put the the sunglasses on the forehead. Hmm. Okay, the end is on the ear, but instead of the, the lens being on the eyes, it's on the forehead. This is Zulam. Okay? And what happens to the Zalimim? We know what happens to them. But it's so casual. Okay? Again, we, we have to get back knowledge. First of all, if you don't know, ask the people of knowledge. But we don't want to ask the people of knowledge. Because the people of knowledge are bad examples. So there's another problem. You see, but uh, so I'm, how many times Mulana decided and said, um, reminded us that Islam, a Muslim, 
is between hope and fear. All right. We're between hope and fear. We're hopeful, uh, you know, we will be successful, but we're afraid, all right, that we fall the wrong way. For a Muslim to be hopeless? No. No. There are too many eyes to the Quran, too many times where, um, you know. Yes. And I just, no, my. Uh, sorry. Can you just repeat that? Please? No, go ahead. So my question also is in Pakistan at the moment. Now we always remember Pakistan to be at least as you, I, I don't know what's the stats now, but it should be at least so-called 95% Muslim somewhere there. Uh, yeah, um, 97% I think they say, but there's between like 10, 15% of their Shia. Uh, but okay, so to say 80%, uh, Sunni Muslim, because we have to take away the Brelvi too. All right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're around 80%, 75-80% Muslim. Okay, yeah. But at least the Brelvi is not as bad as the Shias. Shias, I don't know what extent, then you have to ask also what extent has it gone to, that's another question. But anyway, in Pakistan at the moment, my question is, what's the level of higher modesty amongst at least let's start with the woman is it still oh, do you still find those women who are totally clad in uh, burqas and you know and dressed appropriately or is this all also been lost uh, yes that's that's lost uh, but you will see them uh, in like now November, December January you, you'll see them in burqa because it's it's warm uh, the, the temperature is cold, so this is an extra laying, layer of cloth uh, to keep them warm. Uh, this is one reason. Uh, another reason, another thing is, yes, a woman can be in Boca here, uh, but um, she's in every man's face. She's in the market by herself without a husband, okay? The shopping with, with, with her daughter, for example. Uh, for, uh, in... Um, in the universities, yes, there are some girls that are wearing, uh, and they even wear niqab. So when they go out with their boyfriend, no one can recognize them. <laughs> you see? Uh, yeah, okay. Um, th there are some, uh, there are some that will wear, like they're teaching a religious school, okay, and they'll wear it in the school. When they go home, they take it off, okay? The uh, same as the girls who are in, uh, the female madrasas, madrasa tobanat, uh, when they're studying Bukhari, they're, you know, they're wearing their uh, burqa and niqab and everything, but uh, when they go home, it, it may be a different story. Um, there are some, in the richer places, upper middle class, uh, you, you, the only women that you'll see wearing black will be the masi. If you see someone walking in the street, a woman, and she's wearing black in the rich neighborhoods, She's a mafia. A mafia. You don't see black in, in the in the wealthy neighborhoods hmm. uh, for the women. Okay. But if you go to a, a like a, a poor area where there's a lot of Bengalis, okay, and Burmese and and like this, uh, every woman, uh, every woman is you know wearing burqa and, um, but again, she she could be um, also in the mall, but. Every woman's in Brooklyn in the very poor areas, uh, and and, and uh, the children are there are a lot of hafiz and what have you.
it, it, it's a it, it's confusing for someone inside and outside. Um, there are a million people. There are one million, uh, according to the government, uh, in Rufaku Madaris. Um, uh, one million doing hits, okay, in Pakistan alone. Okay, so every every year, one million uh, uh, boys and girls uh, graduate as a hafiz, and uh, approximately uh, one lakh ulama are made every year sure. in Pakistan. Hmm. But look at the condition of the country. There's very there's very little Islam here. Hmm. So. <laughs> now I'll leave it up to you now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was I was thinking of our stats, and then when we listen to your stats, this is like a whole different ball game because this is like a hundred thousand, and you're saying a million people were becoming healthy. But as you've said, this was the plan of the West that to go into our our places where they are our factories you could say and cause a whole lot of conflict right there so that when they come out they don't serve as a threat to us and i've said this on a few other occasions in our madrasa too there was one there was there was a spy and nobody knew that this man this the student was a spy but the but the good side of this whole thing was he was influenced by the sunnah and he actually wanted mm. to learn the sunnah. And he okay. was very like uh, meticulous about his dress. Like he would change his kurta, like just before going to the to eat with the other students, he would put, because you have to normally wear the slit kurta. So you would do all of these things. and But eventually he was uh, influenced by the sunnah. And mm. once they started to realize this, they then... This I only found out. I didn't even know he was a spy. I found out after a year after being fin uh, after being out of the madrasa. So then one one of my colleagues said, "Do you remember that person? He was from America too." So he said, "Do, do you remember that person?" He said, "Yeah." So I said, "Yeah." So he said, "Yeah, he was a spy." And then what they did was when they started to notice that he's being influenced by the Sunnah now, he wants to become a proper Muslim. They said, "No, we've got a a better." university for you to go to so they put him in <laughs> they put him in al-azhar university and within three <laughs> months <laughs> within three months no chance to him becoming muslim there <laughs> so, the, a few of the colleagues used to connect with him within three months he took off his beard and sunnah all gone so this is <laughs> yeah, tell me about al-azhar <laughs> But yeah, you you you've seen uh, you've seen like uh, the the chief army staff here in Pakistan, uh, and uh, he's a hostage of Quran, okay. Uh, but he's clean shaved, all right. So you would think, okay, he's hostage of Quran. He has you know Islam in his heart. He would lead the charge, you know. Even from here, we have nuclear. A nuclear bomb here, or maybe he would do something about Gaza. But no, he's not doing anything. All right. Uh, Farouk Lagari, I think his name was. Uh, he was uh, the president at the time of um, Benazir Bhutto when she was the prime minister. Uh, he was uh, a hafiz, a clean shave hafiz who 
allegedly prayed uh, uh, to at night. Okay. Uh, if you've seen the politicians, okay, that have come and gone, okay, Nawaz Sharif and all the others, uh, they're all clean shaved, huh? But they all go to Rivin, okay, that's the Ishtama, and, you know, looking for looking for two things, looking for Dua and looking for votes. Look, Looking for Dua uh, and so looking for? What was, what was mm-hmm. the, sec, the second thing? Uh, looking for votes and Books. looking for Dua. Okay. They, they combine the politics with religion. Yeah. The strangest thing is when there's election time and you know, these people are running for uh, office and they have big turbans on their head, you know, like uh, Sinbad the Sailor, or, you know, those times, you know, big turban and clean shave. There's the biggest contradiction in my mind to be clean shaven wearing a turban. All right, but but again, they're looking for votes. They're looking for votes from the uh, from the sinner and from the saint. Mm. Yes, and I see that's exactly what's happening in the U.S. too. Um, Biden is facing, um, you could say, relatively from the masses, because the masses ideally they determine if you take fear own also. His power lied in his people. Once his people turned away from him, his power is gone. So Biden also, he's now in fear because of what's going to happen. So he's trying to play a double role to say that, no, we should allow aid in and stop. I just read this morning too. He says we will stop bombing the hospitals. But then behind the scenes, he's sending so much of uh, aid and um it's just so beautiful to see this weekend, I'm sure Mufti Sab, you saw it too, this U.S. military plane, it crashed, and I think there were five people five people in there, in the, I think it was close to the Mediterranean Sea. So, Biden, he's, he's, in a, he's a mental case. <laughs> uh, every New York, every um, American president is selected. They're not elected, they're selected. Um, uh, Putin from Russia. He he even he talked about it. He said he's not afraid of American presidents because they come and go. The most they can be there is eight years. All right. Uh, it's the people behind them. All right. And the the sixty uh, sixty percent of the people uh, want a ceasefire, uh, but the Congress doesn't. It was the Congress uh, that signed that bill to send the fourteen billion. Uh, dollars to Israel for military aid, okay? Because the the Congress is in the pocket of of the Jews, okay? Biden is nothing, all right? They, they're laughing at him. Seventy uh, percent of his party doesn't want him to run for re-election, all right? He's a mental case. Right? He has dementia, and, and they, they joke about it all the time, all right? They laugh at him. He's, he's a joke. Uh, yeah. But all of them are jokes. The, the, the one, uh, the last one they had, um, Trump, he was a billionaire. He was on his own, and he was a rebel, all right? He didn't go by the script, so they got rid of him, and they brought Biden in, all right? And Biden will probably, if he gets reelected, he'd probably die in office. But if they're looking for somebody else to select because um, um, there are many people that want to be president because they want the, the title. But that's it. But there's no power in there. You have to do what what you're being told. 
just okay. like every place else. Yeah, so this brings us to this question. I see we have just a minute left. Who Who's behind this whole thing? Is it Rockefeller? Is it who's behind the whole thing? Well, there's different sectors. Uh, there's the military industrial complex, all right? Uh, the Blackwater, huh? Like Blackwater? Blackwater, it, it, they, they thrive when, um, when there's a war, okay? Because uh, they'll, they'll build up the roads and everything again. Um, then you have bankers. They have their own power. Okay, um, and and the oil oil companies they have their power, uh, and the CIA, uh, CIA, and uh, what's the, the Justice Department, um, the, the Secret Service, the, the, these type of people, they have a different thing. Uh, so there's there's different people fighting for control, and it's not the president. <laughs> and he's, it's not the congressman it's not the senator <laughs> he's they just the puppets yeah they're just in front of the camera like when I was in America ABC NBC and CBS the three biggest networks okay they were all controlled by Jews okay owned by Jews controlled by Jews but the reporters that you saw every night none of them were Jews they were all Christian atheist or whatever you see mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> the puppet master you never see like the wizard of Oz you don't see the puppet master you don't see the wizard alright he's behind the scenes behind the curtain Mufti Sab Jazakumullah Khairan for your time and uh, make dua for us Inshallah we'll meet you tomorrow Inshallah Assalamu Alaikum Wa Alaikum Assalam Wa Rahmatullahi Wa Barakatuh Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah.